0: The word magnum opus uh, literally uh, it means great work in, in Latin. But we typically use that phrase to refer not just to a great work, but the greatest work of an artist, uh, maybe a writer of some kind, right? So for example, many would argue that the pieta The sculpture of Our Lady holding the lifeless body of Jesus, just taken down from the cross by Michelangelo, was his magnum opus, his greatest work. Maybe others would say it was the Sistine Chapel. Well, in 1273, St. Thomas Aquinas was coming to the end of his magnum opus, the Summa Theologica, this multi-volume theological treatise, which for 800 years has been lauded by popes and studied by Seminarians, theologians, all kinds of people. But one morning, um, he decided to simply leave it unfinished. His life's greatest work, he would leave incomplete. Why? Well, that morning, as he was saying Mass, he had something of a mystical vision, a heavenly vision. And afterwards, he simply refused to continue to write. When his brother Dominicans, he was a, a Dominican friar, would they would, would urge him to finish and press him to finish, he, he said, I cannot, because all that I have written seems to me so much straw with what has now been revealed to me. Now, he called this writing so much straw not because, uh, because this vision showed him that he was wrong. Now, I imagine if that was the case, he would have either corrected his writing or destroyed it or something like that, which he didn't. But rather, this, in, this vision, this encounter with the heart of heaven, with the, with the ultimate mystery of God, um, it showed him that his writing, good and true though it had been, just paled in comparison um, to, to the, the fullness uh, that he had been given a glimpse of, the glimpse of, of God in himself. Well, today we celebrate the feast of that ultimate mystery, the feast of the Holy Trinity, the mystery of, of God's inner life. It's the central mystery of the Christian faith, it is, because it's the mystery of God himself, out of which all else flows. And I tell this story about St. Thomas Aquinas because the ante- anecdote, it reminds us of the transcendence of God. That God is infinitely above his crea- creation and his creatures. That he's utterly different from what we encounter in this world. And I'll just give one brief example of that. Everything in this world and this universe that we have ever come into encounter with has a beginning and it will have an end. Whether we're talking about people or animals, whether we're talking about plants or um, inanimate objects, right? I mean, even mountains eventually are ground down into, into plain to hills and into, into plains. Planets, solar systems, stars, we could go on and on. Everything has a beginning, everything will have an end. God is different. He always was, is, and will be. He's the first and the last. Uh, He never had a beginning. He will never have an end. And we see the transcendence of God with this mystery of the Holy Trinity. It's a mystery that he revealed to us, that there's one God, three distinct persons. The, The Father is God, whole and entire. The Son is God, whole and entire. The Holy Spirit is God, whole and entire. Yet, we're not talking three gods, but one God, three distinct persons, it's a mystery in that it's something we cannot exhaustively understand, especially in this life. It's not contrary to reason, and we can and should use our intellect because uh, we can't adequately grasp this reality. Uh, but even the very best intellects, even the most profound theological treaties like the Summa, it, it can seem as so much straw uh, compared to the fullness of God's glory. Okay, so God, the Holy Trinity, it's a transcendent mystery. So what? Well, to answer that, I'll return to our friend St. Thomas Aquinas, who he did write that knowledge of the Trinity in unity is the fruit and purpose of our entire life. Knowledge of the Trinity is the fruit and purpose of our life. And he doesn't mean here head knowledge. He doesn't mean being able to recite Trinitarian formulas. He means knowing God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on a personal level, on an intimate level, that the very purpose of our life here is tied up in that. That's a beautiful sentiment, but it ought to give us pause in light of what we just talked about. If God is transcendent, if he's infinitely greater and beyond and above all his works, does that leave us up a creek without a paddle? No, Because you see, while God is transcendent, he's also imminent. Yes, he's infinitely above his creation, but he's also near to us, present to us. And as our gospel hints at, he's present to our very innermost self. You know, in our gospel, we catch a glimpse of the imminence of God, his nearness to us. Because Christ tells us he'll be with us always until the end of the age. And he tells his disciples, you know, he's telling them to go and evangelize the nations to make more disciples, and the way to do it is to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The reason we have this gospel today on Trinity Sunday is because when we are baptized, a profound change happens. When water is poured or we're immersed in water and the Trinity is invoked, God himself Father, Son, and Holy Spirit comes to dwell in our souls in a very profound and intimate way. And we undergo this dramatic change. Now, it's a change that we don't see with our eyes. You know, I had a baptism last night. And after the, after the baby was baptized, after water was poured three times and the Trinity invoked, the only change we noticed was now he was crying, right? And that's, that's common. But what the change we don't see is the important one. That now he's a child of God. He has that spirit of adoption we heard in our second reading. And God himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, dwells in his soul, as it does in all the souls of the baptized, all the souls in a state of grace. So let's revisit St. Thomas' Th- Thomas's words in light of this truth. If the very purpose of our life is tied up with knowledge of, of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit... And this changes things. This means that our life is not about setting out on some quest to find God out there. It, it means learning through his grace to stay with him who is really present in our hearts and souls. Uh, who dwells in the depths of our souls by grace. And this is why daily prayer is so important. right? It's, it's cultivating this daily attention to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that dwells in our souls. So the message of Trinity Sunday is that our ultimate fulfillment isn't, you know, just kind of grinding our teeth and waiting for heaven for an afterlife, but that through prayer and the sacraments, we can get a foretaste of that heaven, of that union with God here and now. And for a last time, I'll turn to St. Thomas as an example. He died not long after uh, this mystical vision. And when he died, if he was remembered merely as a great theologian and philosopher, I would say his life would have been a terrible tragedy. Why? Because the only tragedy in this life, in the end, is not to become a saint. A saint is one who is a friend of God, who knows on this intimate and personal level, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And St. Thomas, yes, he was this great theologian that we're talking about 800 years after he died, But first and foremost, he was a friend of God, he was a man of prayer, and we need to be so, we need to do the same. We need to be men and women of prayer, men and women who through prayer in the sacraments become the friends of God. And you know, that's a simple concept, that's a very simple idea, but it's a very hard thing to put into practice. Nonetheless, we need to carve out time each day, substantial time, not a, an exhausted Hail Mary before we go to bed, but 15, 20, 30 minutes to uh, sit and pray with Scripture or the Rosary, to learn to speak to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but also listen to Him as well. So let us resolve to pray daily so that we can become the friends of God, so that we can come to know on an intimate and personal level God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and fulfill the purpose we were created for.